Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Uh, Go with me tonight to Hebrews 11. And uh, just... uh, Tonight, I, I, we just wrapped up the series on uh, being led by peace, and uh, I have been teaching on turning to the Word, and tonight I want to minister some on this subject of faith is a choice, and um, this is important uh, because that's our part. My wife and I talk a lot about that, that our part, that our church's part is to preach faith, Amen. to preach and teach faith. Now, we'll preach and teach other things, but our mandate on our ministry is to preach and teach faith. That's what God has called us to. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of misconceptions about faith. There, uh, there are any, and we won't get into a lot of those tonight, but there are misconceptions about faith. And... Uh, This is important because if you're going to receive from God, you're going to receive by faith, all right? There's no other way to receive. And uh, here in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, of course, it's a familiar verse, and it's the description of faith. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we know that faith, by definition, means to be convinced. It means to be convinced uh, about the truth of anything. All right? It's conviction. So faith is being convinced. And then being convinced is the substance or the foundation or the title deed or the standing under of things hoped for, of things that you're expecting all right, of the picture that you have. And then it says it's the evidence or it's the proof of things not seen. One translation says faith means being sure of the things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we don't see it. So I know it's real even if I don't see it. All right? Faith is. Notice it says faith is. Now very often... Uh, when people read this verse, they'll go, now, faith is always now. Well, I understand what they're saying. That will play into what we're teaching on tonight. But the word now there is actually like, uh, uh, you know, if you've ever heard someone teach or they're explaining something and they'll get to the end of a, of a sentence and they'll go, now then, all right? Meaning, okay, now we're going to look at this. So Paul ends Hebrews chapter 10 and he gets to chapter 11 and he goes, now, Faith is. Let's tell you what faith is, all right? Now, it says faith is. So this indicates what faith is. Now, this is important that we know what faith is because uh, in order to know what to expect from faith, I've got to know what faith is, all right? 
There are people that don't know what to expect from faith because they don't understand what faith is. All right, if, if we understand that faith is substance, faith is the title deed, faith is the grounds, faith is the proof, then I understand that if I have faith, I have proof. All right? Faith is not void of proof. Faith is proof. All right? Because this is important. Because once you believe, you've, 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 you have it. All right? Amen. Now, faith is instantaneous. Now, people will say, well, how can faith be instantaneous? Well, here's why they would say that. Because they're talking about the manifestations of faith. Faith is instantly. The manifestation may take time, but faith is instantaneous. Why? The moment you believe, faith has started. The moment you believe God, faith has started. Now, you'll say, well, pastor, where's the proof? I'll, I'll give you the proof, all right? Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you'll be saved. Now, what scripture say? How does it say you were saved? By grace, through faith. Is that right? It was God's willingness, and the channel was faith. Well, how many, how many knew a whole lot about faith when you got saved? I'll tell you how many. None, none of us. Right? But what did you do? How long did it take you to get saved? That long. Why? You believed? Amen. Was it instant? Mm-hmm. Ever how you heard the gospel, whether it was on the street, in the church, on the TV, somebody shared the gospel with you, and you said, I think I believe that. Right? And what happened? You were saved. Amen. But, right? It was instantaneous. That's how faith works in every situation. Now, for the salvation of your soul, you were there. It's an instant work. Faith working in the natural everyday events in our life, there, there are things that faith has to get through. There are things that faith has to correct. We, we talked about some of them today. There are people that need finances, for instance, in their life, or they need healing in their body. And they've spent a long time talking about how bad things are, talking about how sick they are, talking about how rough things are. And they get a hold of the revelation. Well, what happened when they got a hold of that revelation? Faith came instantly, right? Now, if they keep working their faith, if they keep exercising their faith and decreeing their faith, their faith will change their circumstance. Amen? But faith was instant. Hallelujah. The moment you believe, faith has started. Amen. And people say, well, I just need more faith. Well, you might need more faith, but more often than not, you just need to use the faith you have. Jesus said a mustard seed amount would pluck a tree up and throw it in a river. Amen. 
If, if you read Mark eleven twenty three, 23, he didn't say it took a massive amount of faith to move the mountain. He said you just had to believe what you were saying. Amen. Oh, glory. Amen. So when you say something, is it possible to instantly believe it? Yes. You may not see it. You, right? It may take some time until, you're, until everything in you is totally behind what you're saying. But if you're not going to start saying it, faith is not going to get going. Right? And so you may have to look at the circumstance or look at the situation and call it what the Bible says. And the moment you're willing to call it, faith showed up. And now faith is working. And if you don't pull the plug by changing what you're saying, it'll keep working. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, when Jesus spoke to the fig tree in Mark 11, 20, uh, 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 Mark chapter 11, and he said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. There was no instant change in that tree, but Jesus' faith instantly impacted that tree. Instantly. But what did Jesus do? He spoke to it and turned around and walked off. Amen. And, and nothing would have changed what he said. That tree could be there today with green leaves on it still yet, and Jesus would not change what he had said. Because immediately it started working. Let me, let me show you this some in, in the ministry of Jesus. Look over here at Mark chapter 7. Faith is instantaneous. Mark chapter 7, verse 24. Now, this is also in Matthew's gospel, but I shared it with you from Mark tonight for a reason. Verse 24. From there he, Jesus, arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. Well, why not? For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. All right? She's a Syrian. She's from Syria. A Syrophoenician by nation. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children first be filled, for it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she answered and said, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this saying, Go your way, the devil has gone out of your daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter lying upon the bed. Amen. Now, why was her answer a faith answer? Because the Amplified Bible says, he said to her, because of this answer, reflecting your humility and faith, go knowing that your request is granted, the demon has left your daughter permanently, and returning home, she found the child lying on the couch, relaxed and resting, the demon having gone. Oh, hallelujah. So why was her answer a faith answer? Notice. Jesus said, what you're asking for belongs to the children. All right? I'm paraphrasing him. He said, what you're asking for 
belongs to the children. You're not a child of the covenant. Now, now understand something. When Jesus came, this is important for you to understand this. When Jesus came to the earth, he came to the earth as, yes, the sacrifice for the sin of every person and the way that every person could get into the covenant of Abraham. But at this instance, he is not this woman's healer. He's Israel's healer. In Exodus chapter 15, God said, I am the Lord that heals you. Now, we can claim that because we've been brought into that covenant. But when God said that, he was not the healer of everybody. He was Israel's healer because they were his covenant people. Amen. Today, God is not the healer of everybody. He's the healer of those that will enter into covenant and believe him. He's not the healer of the world because the world doesn't believe in him. This is important where faith is concerned. So Jesus tells her, you're not a child of the covenant. And the outsider doesn't eat off the children's table. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I, I mentioned, uh, uh, she, said, she said here, she said, uh, even the, the dogs, the little dogs is what it's rendered, uh, eat the crumbs that fall, eat the children's crumbs. I mentioned my, my guard dog a minute ago. You know, when we're eating dinner, you know where she's at? Right by Lily's chair. Why? Because crumbs fall from that chair. Right? But the dog doesn't have a seat at the table. Right? Now, now, now I have a dog. I love my dog, right? So don't get mad at me. Because the dog's not a child. The dog is a dog. We love you, but you're still a dog. Right? Your, your plate's over there on the floor, which you scarfed down before you came over here. Oh, hallelujah. But listen to me. If Lily's eating filet mignon and drops a piece on the floor, and the dog grabs it. Did the dog get filet mignon? What, what, and what was that food that fell off the table? The children's bread. Amen. Right? Do, do you see this? She knew that the ingredients that were in the main meal were in the scraps. And that's why she said, you're right. I don't have a covenant. I shouldn't be approaching you, but just give me a crumb. I just, I, I'm a dog. That's fine. Just give me a crumb like you would a little dog because I know that the same ingredients in the scrap is in the, is in the, the ingredients is in the table. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And notice what Jesus said, for this saying, go your way, the devil's gone out of your daughter. The Amplified says, this answer reflects your humility and your faith. Now, I need you to see this. When did this miracle begin? The moment she believed. Amen. The moment she believed. 
Notice what it says. And when she was come to her house. So there was a period of time before Jesus, between when Jesus said, go your way, the demon's gone out of your daughter, till she got home. By the time she got home, the faith she initiated at the feet of Jesus had delivered her child by the time she got home. Glory to God. When did that faith start? Immediately. Glory to God. Amen. That's why right now, whatever you've been believing is changing something in your life. It's changing it. If you're believing for your family, it's changing. I don't see it all yet. I know that, but you are in faith. You're believing. It's changing it. They can be in whatever state they're in. This girl evidently was in a horribly, demonically possessed state because the Bible says in the Amplified Bible, she found the child lying on the couch relaxed and resting. If she found her relaxed and resting, the indication is before she left, she wasn't relaxed and resting. But the moment she initiated her faith, it started. Glory to God. And by the time she got home, it was over. How, how, how would this be? How would, you, how would it be if you thought this way? This time next week, everything could be totally different. Amen. And, and people will say, oh, isn't that wonderful? Everything changed for them last week. No, everything changed for them the moment they started believing. And it could have been a year previous, six months previous, five weeks previous. It started changing the moment that you believed. Oh, hallelujah. See, faith is immediate. Faith is immediate. Things started shifting the moment you believed. And, and, and that's what you got to stay with. Nope, 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 nope. Things are changing. Well, what's your proof? I have faith. Amen. I, years ago, years ago, the very, first, the very first message I preached on faith was called The Greatest Faith. And, and, and I made a statement in that, in that message, and somebody else said it, but I, I made a statement in that message. The greatest faith needs no other evidence than thus saith the word of God. No other evidence, right? If I'm in faith, I have it. See, that's, that's the importance of knowing I'm in faith. If I'm in faith, I have it. Oh, hallelujah. Look at John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And um, Jesus deals here with the nobleman in Capernaum. He was actually in Galilee, but verse 46, John 4, 46. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee where he made the water and wine, and there was a certain nobleman or a courtier, all right, of, of, uh, of uh, the king whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard Jesus was come out of Judea to Galilee, he went to him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son. He implored him. He begged him. For his son was at the point of death. Now, I point these things out. The first lady 
her daughter was severely demon-possessed. This man, his son's at the point of death. All right? And he comes to Jesus, and Jesus said to him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. All right, now he's talking specifically about those people at Capernaum. Remember, it was at Capernaum that they didn't believe in him. Right? It was at Capernaum they said, physician, heal yourself. Right? Remember Jesus said, you'll surely say this parable to me. Physician, heal yourself. And he said, if the works that were done in your eyes were done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have long time ago turned turned to God. Right? Well, this man came from there. Notice verse 49. The nobleman said, sir, come down ere my child die. Now, why would he be so emphatic? His son is at the point of death. Jesus said, go your way, your son lives. Boy, that's wonderful. But notice the next part. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him. Now, he's, he's got an overnight journey. This is the next day when they met him. All right? They inquired, and his servants met him and said, Your son lives. Then inquired he of them the hour that he began to amend or to get better. And they said, Yesterday at the seventh hour, yesterday at one o'clock in the afternoon, the fever left him. Now watch. The father knew it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son live, and himself believed and his whole house. Now, here's what I want you to see. Yes, Jesus said at 1 o'clock, your son lives. What else happened at 1 o'clock? The man believed it. Is that right? And then he had a whole nother day to get home. But what he believed at 1 o'clock in the afternoon went ahead of him and healed his son. And by the time he got there, his son was healed. Glory to God. Amen. What you're believing tonight is going to change things tomorrow. Hallelujah. Do you you see that? Notice now, one translation says, the book's translation says, the man took Jesus at his word and departed. Oh, hallelujah. Now, why is that important? Took him at his word and left. Amen. Amen. See, that's akin to you and I taking him at his word, casting our care on him, not touching it again. I'm not not touching that again. Oh, hallelujah. Is that right? Have you ever had those times, uh, weeks or months, it just feels like everybody's out to get you? I mean, you're everybody's enemy? You've never had those times? I've had them. Had them recently. You say, what'd you have to do? Had to cast my care on him and walk on. Amen. 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 The Holy Spirit helped me with that years ago. He said, Philip, when you're going through something like that, cast your care on me and keep stepping. And that's it. That's that's what you've got to do. This man believed God. Now listen, at this point when he believed, his son's still at the point of death. Right? Right? But he believed. And what did he do? Departed. 
I don't know what he said on the way home, but I know how faith works, and I know he didn't disagree with what he had believed. I know if somebody would have asked him, he would have said, Jesus said he was going to live. Oh, hallelujah. When somebody says, how do you know that's going to work? Because the book says so. Because God said it right here. That's how I know. Amen? See, we're, we're people of the Word. We're not people of sense knowledge. We're not people of feeling. We're people of the Word. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Now see, right now, God's filling the house. Right now, people are desiring what we are. They don't know where we're at yet, but they're going to find out. Amen. Amen. Why? Because God told us to fill the house, and we're declaring over the house that it's full. And when we declare what God said, see, we're believing it. Glory to God. I mean, look at this turnout on a Wednesday night. My Lord, what a good turnout. Amen. Amen. The Good Speed translation says, the man believed what Jesus said to him and went home. Mm. Now, how many believers do you know that would say, now, Jesus, are you sure? I mean, is that, is that, it can't be that simple. The man just believed him and went home. Try that out. Say, I believe God and I'm going home. Say it one more time. I believe God and I'm going home. Say this, I believe God and I'm going to sleep well tonight. That's it. Amen. I say, that's it. Another translation says, the man believed. He took Jesus at his word and left. Ooh, glory. The man believed. And then there's a period there. The man believed. I, I love that because that's what he did. He just believed. Oh, glory to God. When did the healing start? The moment he believed. The moment he believed. The results were not instant, but his believing was. Amen. When you're speaking to your body, you may not see the results instantaneously, but your believing is instantaneous. And what you believed instantly is now working in your body, effecting a cure, bringing about a remedy. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? See, faith is a choice. We choose to believe. I have to choose to believe. This is important because a lot of people think that faith works independent of us. You choose to believe. I choose to believe I'm healed. Yeah, but you don't look any better. Yeah, but you can't change what I chose. Amen. You can't change what I choose. I choose to be healed. You can't change it. I choose to prosper. You can't change it. Amen. I choose to be happy. You can't change that. See, this is important. You can't change what, you can't change what I choose to believe. Amen. Amen. And, and that's, that's got to be your mindset. You can't change what I choose. I choose to believe God. I choose to be in faith. In the world we live in today, you're, you got to make choices and you got to choose to believe God. 
Oh, hallelujah. Faith is having the thing that you desire. Faith is having it. Not going to get it. Faith is having it. That's faith. All right, see, when this man believed, he had it. Now, now think about this. If we look at this correctly, because there's always a law of reciprocals, which is the, the opposite reaction, all right? Go your way, your son lives. And the man believed the word that Jesus spoke and went his way. What if we would have read, and the man did not believe the word that Jesus spoke? We would have read somewhere in here that he got home and found his son had died. Because people will say that Jesus' word healed that boy. It was the belief of the man in the word that Jesus spoke. Because Jesus' words will not work if you don't believe them. Do you see this? God doesn't heal anybody against their will. He doesn't bless anybody against their will. He, he, he does those things for those that believe. Oh, hallelujah. The moment you have faith, you have the thing desired. The moment. I have it. Well, where's it at? Oh, I got it. Well, where's it at? Right here. Amen. Well, where, where, is your, where is your house? Oh, I got it. Well, show it to me. Well, it's right here. I got it. I got it. I have it. I have it by faith. Now, there are people that won't understand that, but I don't expect them to. But you can't change what I choose. Because one day, listen to me, one day they'll walk through your house with you. That house you have right now, but they can't see it. Amen. One day they'll see you having that job you say you have right now. Amen. Amen. One day they'll see you debt free. One day they'll see your children in church with you. Oh, glory to God. And you're not trying to do it to prove anything to anybody. Listen, faith, prove, faith feels the need to prove nothing to anyone. Faith is personal. Amen. You know, the people that I know that have the greatest marriages don't run around talking about what a great marriage they have. They just live it. Hallelujah. That's why you'll see people only been married a few years, few months. They're always talking about how great their marriage is. Well, they hadn't been married long enough to know if it's great or not. Amen. I'm not being ugly. I'm just saying. Amen. Sometimes the honeymoon shine hadn't come off yet. <laughs> Glory. But my, my point is, the people with the greatest faith that I know don't run around talking about how much they're using their faith and how great their faith is. They just do it. Amen. Am I helping you? Because the moment you have faith, you have the thing desired. Now, let's look at Romans 4. I am right on line with my time, too. Of course, now I... 
I won't hurry on purpose. But we should be able to get an hour of power in. Oh, hallelujah. Of course, I, I won't put this on you that I did drive six hours to get here. But that's okay. Don't feel bad for me. <laughs> Glory to God. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> I know you do. Praise God. No, I, I'm not going to keep you long. I appreciate you being here. Romans 4 and verse 17. As it is written, I made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calleth those things that be not as though they were. Now, the New Living Translation says, this happened because Abraham believed in God who brings the dead to life and creates new things out of nothing. This happened because he believed in the God who creates or brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. One, another translation, the Madsen translation says, with faithful trust, he turned to that divine power that gives life to what is dead and calls into being what is not in being. So we ask the question, when did Abraham become the father of many nations? When he believed. When he believed. That, that's the key with faith. Calling things that be not as though they were is you calling what you believe. See, confess, listen, you don't confess trying to believe. You confess because you believe. Amen. What, what a lot of people do, and, 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 and I've run into this, is, is they're trying to confess themselves into faith. You confess because you believe. Hallelujah. Amen. Saying it more and saying it harder is not going to make faith come. Right, I'm saying what I believe already. Look at, look at Genesis 15. Because... We see something here. Verse 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I'm your shield, your exceeding great reward. And Abram just rejoiced and said, Yes, Lord, I believe. Oh, no, no. And Abram said, Lord, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus? We got a problem. Why? Abraham's not believing. Now, there are people that will preach that, you know, Abraham never faltered in his faith. Mm-mm, that's wrong. He never faltered in his faith after a point. Right here he is. 
And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This will not be your heir. He that will come out of your own body will be your heir. All right, now notice, he said something to him. This won't be your heir. Eleazar won't be your heir. One that, that you father will be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven and number the stars. King James says tell. It's the word, it's the word number the stars. If you're able to number them. If you're able to number them. Well, if you've ever looked at a, at, a, at a night sky, you know you can't number the stars. But he's, he's giving him a picture. If you're able to number the stars, so shall your seed be. Is that right? Now, right here, he has no seed. And God's giving him a picture of an amount he can't even fathom. Now, we know unequivocally and without doubt right now in the nation of Israel, he has over 9 million descendants. Amen. And that's not counting all the Jews worldwide. That's just in the little nation of Israel, not as big as New Jersey. There's 9.2 million Jewish people there. So here he has no seed, and today he has 9 million. The devil fights Israel so hard because if Israel ceases to exist, God's proven to be a liar. Amen. Amen. Jerusalem is an eternal city. Eternal. God said, read the Bible. God said, I have chosen to put my name there. He said, I will always have my name there. My eye will perpetually be on Jerusalem. Amen. When, when, when the thousand-year reign of Christ comes, when the rapture of the church happens, and we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, that's going to be quite a feast. It's going to take seven years, earth years. I don't know how long it's going to seem to us, but that's where we're going to be. Amen. Dining and reclining. Hallelujah. Ah. But the Bible says there's going to come a day. Uh, 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 Enoch said in the book of Jude, he quotes Enoch, and Enoch said that the Lord is going to return with ten thousands of his saints. That's us. And Jesus is going to come, and he's going to set up the, 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 the rule and the reign for a thousand years on the earth. And the Bible says that his throne will be in Jerusalem. And he'll rule from Jerusalem for a thousand years. And when the thousand-year reign of Christ is up, he turns that throne over to David, and David reigns there perpetually. And then the Bible says that the new city, the new Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem will come down from heaven out of, out of God, and that God the Father will come and rule and reign from Jerusalem. Amen. It's an eternal city. I'm saying all that to you for a reason. If the devil fights that so much, because if the Jews are defeated, if they cease to exist, then God's a liar. Understand that. If the nation of Israel ceases to exist, throw your Bible away. It's not true. Because God made a promise to Abraham. Now, you know it's true, right? So, so now notice this. God says, this is what you're 
descendants are going to look like. Hallelujah. So God comes to us and he says, this is what I want to do for you. And a lot of times people answer like Abraham, how's that possible? I mean, how could I ever do that? I mean, I don't have any education. God, nobody in our family's ever done that. Right? And God says, well, let me show you something. Now notice, what's the problem here? People will say no faith. Well, yeah, partially, no hope. No expectation. No picture. The devil doesn't fight your faith in, uh, at the forefront. He fights your hope. If he gets your hope, your faith goes with it. Because faith gives substance to your hope. I've never had anybody come to me and say, Pastor, I just don't, I don't have any faith. I've had multitudes come and say, I don't have any hope. They'll get, people will get a bad report, and they'll say, there's no hope. Well, what does that mean? That they don't see how this can be different. So if you don't see a picture, you don't have anything to put your faith to. Amen. See, faith is the receiver. Hope shows you what you should be believing to receive. Hope won't receive. Faith receives. Hope casts a picture. Hope gives expectation. Amen. Amen. Listen, when, uh, when uh, a, a, a couple is expecting a child, think, think about that word, expecting a child. You know, in the beginning, they may not be sure. But they go to the doctor, and the doctor does a ultrasound, which is a, help me, picture, and they see the baby, and then they say, we're pregnant. Why didn't they say that before? No picture. Amen. There may have been a feeling that went along with it. But why didn't they say it based on the feeling? How many stories have you heard of somebody going to the doctor because they're sick? A young lady, young woman, and she goes to the doctor, I'm just sick, I'm sick to my stomach, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't feel well, and the doctor runs all the tests, and, and he goes, oh, well, let's, let's check this, and he goes, oh, there's the problem, you're pregnant. Well, why didn't she just deduce from the feeling that she was pregnant? Because feelings do not produce faith, and feelings do not produce a picture. Amen. Your feelings will paint the wrong picture for you. See, Abram is going by his feelings, by his efforts, not producing any fruit. Glory to God. But notice this, verse 6, he showed him that picture. Oh, and he believed in the Lord. What? He believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. So if he believed in verse 6, he wasn't believing before. But he saw the picture, and he believed in the Lord. Now this is important. He didn't see his son for years after that, but the faith he entered into here produced Isaac years later. 
When did it start? Immediately. Now, it took Sarai some time to get over in faith with him. Because you read the next chapter, she gives him Hagar. And they, and they produced a son after the flesh, not a son after faith. Ishmael was not only not the promised son, he was not the faith seed. God needed something that was done by faith. Glory to God. That's why you, listen, the nation of Israel came from an impossible beginning. It was impossible. Abraham was too old to have a son by the time Sarah got pregnant. And Sarah had always been barren. What a picture. What they have to do to change that picture? Believe God. When did it start? The moment they believed it. Yeah, the Bible says in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, around what, verse 10, verse 11, it says Sarah herself received strength through faith. Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed when she was past the age of bearing because she judged him faithful who had promised. She judged him faithful. She believed God. Amen. Faith is instantaneous. Faith is a choice. And you can't change what I choose. That's important. And, and, and you, need, you, need to, you, you, you need to, to decide, I'm not changing what I've chosen. Amen. Say that out loud. I'm not changing what I have chosen. Oh, glory to God. Do you see that? And that began the moment they believed. The moment they believed. So what you, what you have entered into faith about is yours now. I have it now. Well, but pastor... I, I, don't, I don't see it. Seeing is not having it. Faith is having it. If, if you don't have it now by faith, you'll never see it by faith. Because you have it and then you see it. Because you see what God wants you to have and you have it. Does that make sense? You just choose to have it. Okay, I receive it. I've watched that with people receiving the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. They'll have hands laid on them, and maybe they won't speak in tongues. But I've told people, well, you just keep rejoicing that you have it. You have the Holy Ghost. Amen. And it might be a day later, an hour later, however much in the middle of the night, they'll wake up speaking in tongues. They, ha they have it. They have it. I have it. I have it. Amen. Why? Because I have faith about it. So I have it. I have it right now. Faith is having it. You got to train yourself, and I'm trying to close, but you got to train yourself to not put off to the future the having of what faith says belongs to you now. Amen. Let, let, me, let me close with this. Uh, there was a Rhema instructor some number of years ago, and uh, uh, he had really, really bad eyesight. I mean, just almost, um, almost legally blind. And, and uh, I mean, he could not, he could not drive without his glasses. I mean, it was on his driver's license. He could, and he was believing for his healing. Now, he had received it. And he would, he would teach in, in, uh, at Rama, and in the back of the auditorium was a clock. And he would teach with his glasses on every day, all through the class, his classes. 
And at the end of every class, he would stop and look at that clock, and he couldn't see it, just a blurry dot. What would he do? He'd put his glasses back on, say, thank you, Lord, for my healing, and go drive home with his glasses on, right? He did that for months, months. He would come, put his glasses on, teach his class, look at the clock, couldn't see the clock, put his glasses on, go home. Amen. The day came, he taught all of his classes, taught with his glasses on, took his glasses off, looked at the clock, walked off without his glasses. He could see the clock perfectly clear. Now, people say, wasn't that wonderful? He received his miracle then. No, he didn't. He received his miracle months before when he believed it. Now, see, what a lot of people do is, is they would say, well, if you're healed, just leave your glasses right there, and, and they throw their glasses down and stomp on them. Or they say, well, it must not be God's will because I can't see the clock. And, and both of those instances short-circuit faith. Stomping your glasses does not prove you're in faith. It proves you got money to burn. Right? Now, hear me. This is important because what a lot of people call faith is foolishness. You don't quit taking your medicine and call it faith. It's not faith. Your, your medicine is not hurting your faith. Your eyeglasses are not hurting your faith. Right? What happened? When did he receive that healing? The moment he believed it. And he did not let the fact that months went by without him being able to see that clock clearly. Amen. Right? You may have been standing for something and, and you're not seeing a lot of movement, but it's moving because you got it. I have it. And, and I'm, I said all that to say this. One day, you're going to look at the clock and it's going to be perfectly clear. And what do you do then? Leave your glasses there and walk off. The man believed Jesus, what he said, and went his way. Oh, hallelujah. You are one more day closer to what God promised you. Isn't that wonderful? Let's stand up tonight, shall we? Praise the Lord.